Welcome to week 69, All the Balls. I'm Justin Miller. That's Victor Miller. Jake Platter could not make the show tonight, unfortunately, but he will be back next week. So I said to my dad, come on the show. He's like, I'd love to come on the show. And here we go for week 69, All the Balls. What's going on? Nothing. What's going on with you? Long time no see. Yeah, right. I'm. Uh, thanks for having me back. Last time I was on the show with you was the day before Father's Day when we were in Atlanta. Yeah, it seems like a long time ago. Well, it really was a long time ago, but um, it's been a lot of things that have gone on this week again. Maybe Jake will tune into the show. Looks like my mom's already tuned into the show. What's going on? But Jake sent me his NFL picks of the week, so I will be saying those at the end of the show. I'll say mine. He will say his as well. But before we we get to that, obviously, at the end of the show, we got a lot of things going on now. Obviously, the game going on TV right now, the Tennessee Titans against the San Francisco 49ers. I picked the San Francisco 49ers to win that game. And who do you pick for that one? Tennessee Titans. So he has the Tennessee Titans, and I believe Jake sent me his picks. I think Jake did pick the Tennessee Titans, if I am correct. Yeah, so Jake and my dad both have the Titans. I have the 49ers. It's currently 7 nothing. 49ers are winning. Jimmy Garoppolo just threw an interception, though, in the end zone. So we'll let you know. We'll keep you updated to see how that one turns out. But... Starting off the show with, unfortunately, the Patriots lost against the Indianapolis Colts. Going into the game, I thought they'd win. Most people around here obviously thought they would win. They had a they had a seven-game winning streak. They were playing some of their best football of the season. And then the game turns on, and all of a sudden you look up at the TV about five minutes in, and it's already 14 and nothing. And it's something that the Patriots haven't been accustomed to really so far this season. So definitely a surprising result. Yeah, we both. It's funny. I sent you my prediction. Like we both thought the Patriots were going to win twenty four twenty. Yeah, I mean, we got the score pretty close, but unfortunately, the wrong team. It ended up being twenty seven to seventeen, and the Patriots did show a good effort in the second half to make it a close game, to make it seem like they had a chance to win. But unfortunately, it was just it's tough to dig yourself out of a hole so deep. And in the first half, they just played some of their worst football I've seen in the season. It kind of reminded me of when they started the season off two and four. The first half look like those first six games yeah that was surprising i mean you figure they're coming off a bye they'd be rested game's huge a hostile environment they've been a much better road team so far this year that was surprising let's get off to such a slow start anyway yeah so we'll go with a three up and three down like we always do jake didn't send me those but i said to my dad you know what you can you can substitute from this week and do the three up and three down so starting off i guess there were a lot more downs obviously than ups from the patriots side of the field since they lost the game. But starting with the downs, I didn't do this in any order, but when you think about the three downs in this game, I I had to go to the quarterback, Mac Jones. And obviously, he tried to come back in the second half. He looked much better in the second half. But when you throw the two interceptions like he threw in the first half of this game, those are throws that we're not used to him seeing. Again, he's only a rookie quarterback, so we, we got to give him a little bit of slack. But again, Patriots were riding a seven-game winning streak into this game. Most people thought they would win. And then Mac Jones comes out in the first half. There was two pretty bad interceptions and then had a really bad delay of game penalty as well. So Mac Jones, he hasn't been on the down list too much this season. But when your quarterback puts you in that kind of a situation so early in the game, he got to be on the downs list. You want me to tell you mine, my first? Yeah, you, what's your first? Special teams. Special teams. Yeah, well, you have a block punt for the touchdown that puts, uh, puts Indianapolis ahead 14 nothing in the first quarter. It's pretty bad. And that's, uh, you know, how Belichick feels about special teams. Yeah, obviously, Belichick's always crucial, but when it comes to special teams, and this was probably the worst game they played special teams-wise the whole season, and they got the punt block. Not only was it the punt block, but that's the third time that's happened this season. And a Bill Belichick coach team, you can't have a 
a punt blocked. Sometimes it hasn't even happened once in a season. That's already three times for the Patriots. Again, so that was a big reason why. And then they didn't lose any fumbles in this game, but Ramondre Stevenson fumbled the ball. Johnny Smith luckily recovered it. Gunnar Oshevsky lost a ball out of bounds. Good thing it did go out of bounds because the, tie, the Colts could have got that ball. But two fumbles that could have been costly. Obviously, the two turnovers. And then the punt that was blocked on special teams. The Patriots didn't look good special teams-wise in this game at all. And Jake Bailey didn't look good again in this game. And he really hasn't looked good too far this yeah. season. And they're playing inside, so there's no excuse. They're going to have to deal with wind. There's no weather factor, right? Yeah, so very rare to see that from a Bill Belichick coach team. So... That's definitely one of the downs. I didn't put it as one of my downs because I do the players. But Mac Jones down number one for me, down number two for me being unfortunately I thought the I thought the offensive line was actually pretty decent in this game. Mac Jones had plenty of time to throw the ball, but to me when the offensive line plays kind of good and you lose a football game like that, I thought Ramondre Stevenson really didn't look too good in this game. Like I already mentioned, he lost a fumble. Unfortunately, the Patriots did the Patriots did recover the fumble, but. Stevenson was kind of loose with the football in this game. He didn't look too good blocking as well in this game, and I believe he only had under 40 yards as well. So when the offensive line plays well, you expect your running back to have a good game, and Jamin Harris was hurt for this game. So you go into this game thinking that Ramondre Stevens is going to have one of those maybe breakout games, and he was the guy that ran the ball. I know Brandon Bolden got the ball a couple times, but you need a big game from your rookie running back in this. I know we're asking a lot of the rookies, but still, this is a good Patriots team right now, and the rookies really didn't play too good. I thought Stevenson was going to have a huge game. Yeah, and he didn't. He'd been playing well, and I figured he'd be a big reason the Patriots would win. My, uh, I, so I didn't do play. I just did uh, general you know, ups and downs Well, for the most part. So my number two down was the lack of energy. Yeah, from the start, really. Lack of energy, no sense of urgency. Well, I'll never, I don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, usually we've seen there in this win streak, they, they're the team that comes out to the hot start, especially in the first quarter. By halftime, it seems like they've had a lead for pretty much every single game of this winning streak. And now, jumping into this game, Indianapolis, like you said, the weather doesn't really matter in this because they're inside. And then they come out to a really just a poor start and very surprising. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in this next game, but we'll get to that later. Such a crucial game, too. I mean, they're playing for a bye. Yeah, so, and then right now, obviously, the 2C, they still could get the bye, but we'll talk about that later on. And so down number one for me was Mac Jones. Down number two for me was Ramondre Stevenson. And the third down for me, I had to pick someone from the defensive side of the ball. And you could have picked a couple of guys, but I went with a guy that's really been pretty bad for the whole season. I don't know whether it's missing last season because of COVID or just him really getting older. But Dante Hightower to me, he's had a bad season. He didn't look good in this game at all. And especially on the basically the game-winning play when Jonathan Taylor had that, that huge run to make it 27-17, Dante Hightower just looked completely slow. He went to one angle, looked like he should have went to the other angle, the other side of the ball, and Hightower just got completely juked out of his pants, it looked like, in that play. And Hightower's a guy that usually makes those tackles. We're used to Hightower coming up big in the playoffs and the Super Bowl games. And Hightower's had a really bad season, and in this game, I think it really showed that he was very poor. Definitely the worst linebacker of the Patriots in this one. He's looking old. He's looking I went with Isaiah Wynn. I mean, yeah, I mean, I could have went with him. We, we could every game. Yeah, you could go with him every game. But yeah, Isaiah Wynn, if you're picking someone from the offensive line, again, it's Isaiah Wynn every game, as Tony Maz likes to call him Isaiah Lose. Yeah. Pretty poor draft pick, and he, he's been one of the worst players on this team, if not the worst, all season long. So that was your three? Yes. Yeah. Isaiah Wynn. Lack of energy, special teams. Yeah, so I get Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, and Dante Hightower for the three downs. Like I said, there could have been a lot more that we could have chose from, but unfortunately... We don't have enough time in the show for that. No. All right, so three ops for the Patriots. There were a couple of guys that did play pretty well. 
I'll stay on the defensive side of the ball. The, the person that I thought was the best defensive player in this game for the Patriots, he's probably been the best defensive player on the team the whole season. I went with J.C. Jackson. Again, this is a guy, he just, he just got elected to a Pro Bowl. By the way, him, Matt Slater, and Matthew Judon. But J.C. Jackson was by far the Patriots' best defensive player in this game. You go into this game thinking, how do you stop the Colts? Obviously, you got to stop Jonathan Taylor. And then Carson Wentz doesn't have a lot of options, but Michael Pittman's option number one. And you look at what Michael Pittman did in this game. He had one catch for seven yards. And you know who was defending him the whole game? It was J.C. Jackson. Obviously, Pittman got ejected in the third quarter for that little that little fight he had with Kyle Duggar. But J.C. Jackson was unbelievable. Whenever he was guarding Michael Pittman, one catch, like I said, for seven yards. I believe J.C. Jackson had either three or four deflections in this game as well. He's showing why he's one of the top five cornerbacks in this game and definitely the Patriots' number one cornerback. And like I've told Jake on previous shows, he's making the loss to Stephon Gilmore not even seem like it's that big of a loss because of the season he's had. He's going to make himself a lot of money too. Yeah, and hopefully they can find a way to keep him in the offseason. But that's a, that's a story for a different time. I did it more with just a general um, ability to come back. I mean, I'm looking for the positives here. Right. You know, they were down 20 nothing. They came, you know, they made a nice comeback. They put themselves in a position to win if they had stopped Taylor. And Kyle Duggar was not in on the play. He had been ejected. Yeah. I think something tells me if he was playing, he might have made a difference on that play. Yeah, people are saying that if Duggar was in, I don't know, but he wasn't in, so we're never going to know. I mean, who knows? People are saying that Duggar would have had the gap or whatever, but I don't don't really believe that kind of stuff. You never know. So So up number two after J.C. Jackson for me. My other two ups are on the offensive side of the football. In this game, I went with... You got to go with Hunter Henry. I mean, this is a guy that was the best offensive weapon on the field for the Patriots. He's probably been the best offensive player for the Patriots the whole season. Two more touchdowns in this game for him. I believe that's either 9 or 10 now on the season. I mean, he's not a Rob Gronkowski, but he's making a case to have one of the better seasons that tight ends had in the system for a long time since Rob Gronkowski, obviously. Hunter Henry, over 70 yards in this game. Definitely Mac Jones' number one target. He's been their number one target for the team this whole season. And going into the season, I thought it would be Jonu Smith being the better tight end. And mm-hmm. what do we know? It's been Hunter Henry. Far and away, it's been Hunter Henry in this game. Part of the reason why they started coming back in the second half was just the connection between Mac Jones and Hunter Henry. It looked pretty seamless. And the two of them, the connection's been there the whole season. And just add two more touchdowns for Hunter Henry. He's been awesome. I have Hunter Henry as well. Yeah. You said, you said it, I think you just you, know, you said it well. And again, I don't take much stock in the, put much stock in the Pro Bowl, and I always tell you, because the Pro Bowl, the players who are in the Super Bowl don't play in the, in the Pro Bowl, because it's the it's a week before the Super Bowl. Right. So I always joke and say to you, I hope the Patriots, none of the Patriots can play in yeah, the Pro Bowl. Yeah, you don't Bowl. want to play in that. But why wouldn't Hunter Henry be selected? Because yeah. you can only select, I think it's only two tight ends from the AFC and the NFC, and the AFC mm-hmm. got, okay. who the AFC get? Obviously Travis Kelsey, and then... I forget who the second tight end was from the AFC. I know it was Kyle Pitts and George Kittle were the two tight ends from the NFC, but yeah. I'll think of it before the show ends. But, yeah, so that um, that kind of makes sense there. But J.C. Jackson, Hunter Henry, and then the third up, it was really hard to come up with a third up for this game, but I said, who's a guy that really doesn't show up basically in his whole career? I thought Nikhil Harry had two pretty big catches in that fourth quarter. Again, Nikhil Harry has been pretty much a waste of a draft pick since we drafted him, but... Nikhil Harry had that 50, I believe it was at least a 50-yard bomb there in the fourth quarter, a huge catch to basically keep, keep the Patriots alive in that second half. And then he had another pretty big catch in the, sec, in the second half as well. So Nikhil Harry is a guy that obviously doesn't see the playing field too much, but they lost Nelson Aguilar to a concussion in the game, and then they counter Nikhil Harry to kind of fill his void there in the second half. And 
Harry looked pretty good blocking and then, again, made two pretty crucial catches there in that fourth quarter to basically keep the Patriots in the game. So we don't get to say his name a lot, so we're going to say his name here. I believe he had a pretty good game to kill Harry. He's on the up list for the first time in his career. And at least he tries to block, right? Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. Well, yeah, well, it's funny. You said Isaiah, you said Mac Jones is one of the the downs. I'm going to say it's because, you know, tough choices here. Not too many. I'll, I have him as one of my ups. You know, rookie quarterback, been picked off twice, down 20 nothing. He led a pretty decent comeback. Almost. Came yeah, he had a good second half, that's yeah. for sure. And I'm just grasping the straws here like you because it's hard. But. Again, they're on a seven-game winning streak, so... We didn't expect that to happen, but we didn't expect him to be in the, this position either. But now, that's what makes this game on sev- Sunday even more crucial against a team that they already beat. But we'll be talking about that with our picks at the end of the show. So that's that's the three up and three down. Again, thank you for joining us, whoever is joining us, and will be joining us here tonight. Update, San Francisco still up 7 nothing. I believe they just converted a fourth and one, trying to make it 10 or 14 nothing. All right, so keeping it here with the Patriots for about five or ten minutes more. Talking about, obviously, there's only three games left. The big game on Sunday, the biggest game of the season. But if the Patriots are going to go far, whether they get a bye, whether they make it in the AFC Championship game, whether they get to the Super Bowl, what do you think the one thing is that's going to keep them, or I should say, what will get them to eventually, hopefully, AFC Championship game? Obviously, they're going to be in the playoffs, but we want to see, obviously, make that next step. I, I, I would say the best, best coach on the planet. And the defense. Yeah, again, the defense is something that's been defense there the whole season. Special, best, great coach, been there so many times. I think, I think he's really, really enjoying this team, coaching this team. He loves this team, actually, I can tell. So I think, the, yeah, the defense and the best coach. Yeah, I think I didn't say the coach, but obviously having the best coach in the world, Bill Belichick, is not going to not help you at all. No. Having Bill Belichick as a coach, obviously, is going to help this team every season. But the two things that I said, obviously – the defense has been phenomenal. It's been top five in the league for pretty much the whole season. And they got veterans on the defense, even though McCourty hasn't had the best season. Hightower hasn't had the best season. These are veterans that have been in the system yeah. for a long time. And then the way Judon's been playing, J.C. Jackson, this defense is going to be one of the main reasons why, especially with a rookie quarterback, they're going to stay in the discussion to at least get to the AFC Championship game. And then the other thing I went with is, as much as we, we don't like Isaiah Wynn, what he's done so far this season— when they've had a completely healthy offensive line with Isaiah Wynn, Shaq Mason, David Andrews, and the five guys that have been there for the most part of the season, Trent Brown, if you can keep the offensive line healthy, having a healthy offensive line for a rookie quarterback is a crucial, crucial thing when you want to win playoff games, win deep games deep into the regular season. And I think having a good offensive line like the Patriots have and having a good defense, it's going to keep the Patriots a prime contender in the AFC. I agree. Oh, absolutely. Auntie Ollie watching the show. She said, Victor, my favorite brother. Oh, she said, my... I rock. Thank you. Appreciate she it. She's my favorite sister, too. <laughs> so she's tuning in right now. But yeah, those are the two things that I think are going to keep the Patriots afloat in the discussion to at least get to that AFC Championship game. But like you said, that bye is definitely crucial. And right now, right now, unfortunately, they're the two seed. But if the Patriots do win out and go 3-0 and and the Chiefs go 2-1, and then we would get the bye. But then again, if the Chiefs win out, we'd be the two seed right now. So Chiefs to play on well, too. Actually, having Tennessee lose tonight would actually be a bigger step to getting at least the two seed. So that's what we think will keep the Patriots afloat for the long run for the rest of the season. And then going kind of the opposite direction here, what do the Patriots have that you think is going to really hold them back? Say they lose the first game of the playoffs. Say they, they're not going to lose out, but say they lose two of these final three games of the regular season. What do you think the one thing is that's going to hold them back here in these final three games? 
as good as he's been, rookie quarterbacks. Very yeah, kind of make you nervous a little bit. Very hard to win with a rookie quarterback. I don't think there's ever been a rookie quarterback that's taken a team to a Super Bowl. That's no knock on Mac Jones, but that's a, the facts of the facts. And also, health. Got to stay healthy. Yeah, you got to stay healthy. That goes back to the offensive line. That goes back to some of the veterans that they have on the defensive side of the ball. I, yeah, I believe it is Mac Jones. He hasn't played a playoff game, obviously, in the NFL. He's never been in the NFL until this season. Having a rookie Tough. quarterback is always hard. And as you can see in the NFL, most of the rookie quarterbacks are struggling, whether it's Trevor Lawrence, whether it's Zach Wilson, whether it's Justin Fields. None of these rookie quarterbacks are performing like Mac Jones has this season. And I think he's been the best of the class. Yeah, he's easily been the best. He's going to be the only one that's been going to be playing in the playoffs. Yeah. And when they do get to the playoffs, it's definitely going to be worrying you that as good as the Patriots have played this season, Mac Jones hasn't played in a playoff game. And that's why I think it's crucial to have a good offensive line, a good run game, a good defense. But I think that's going to hold him back. I do believe it's Mac Jones. And I still I don't completely trust the weapons that he has around him too much. I know Hunter Henry's having a good season. But when you look at the wide receiver group, I don't, I don't think that Jacoby Myers is the number one. I don't think Nelson Aguilar is the number one. No. Kendrick Bourne's probably been their best wide receiver. But... Those three guys don't excite me too much, and when you get to the playoffs, you're going to need someone to really step up, and yeah, right Mar- now it's been Hunter Henry. Myers is good, but he's a possession receiver. He doesn't, he's not a big playmaker. Yeah, so that's, that's something that definitely worries me. Again, we'll get to more NFL stuff towards the end of the show. Right now, since Jake's not on, I said, you know what, i got to talk some NHL a little bit because we don't get to talk NHL as much as we do NBA, NFL, and MLB as much as the other things. Obviously, Jake and me aren't too big with the NHL. Unlike some guys like Mike Craddy. I was going to say, where's Mike? Anthony Aller, thank you for watching. Anthony Aller, he's even a, kind of a big NHL guy. But right now, for those of you that don't know, the NHL is actually on pause. I believe, what, they're continuing after Christmas or after they're New Year's? they start up on the 27th. Yeah, so the NHL, I guess, they can practice. They're going back to practicing on the 26th. Yeah. Bruins will be back on action the 27th, home against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But Maybe. Who knows? Right now, they're on pause. So all the games that are supposed to be played, obviously... Those games are getting postponed for, I believe, five or six days at least. They're looking at the schedule. Holy crap. There were supposed to be three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. There were supposed to be 15 NHL games going on tonight. That's, wow. that's basically the whole, the whole schedule. Yeah, the whole so the whole league is postponed. Bruins are supposed to be home against the Avalanche tonight. So none of the, those games are currently going on. But right now, going through the standings real quick, I'm going to let you know some of the surprises, some of the disappointments from so far in the season. Again, Jared Kessel is obviously a big NHL guy as well. He was on the show with us to start the season with Mike Craddy. He caught that he has that stick too, right? Yeah, he had a big, he had a big time catch. He's famous. Famous for making that catch at the Bruins game. But right now, going through, starting with the Western Conference real quick, the best team in the actually three teams in the Western Conference are tied with 40 points. Anaheim Ducks have 40 points, the Vegas Golden Knights have 40, and the Minnesota Wild have 40. And then when you're looking at the worst team in the conference, the Arizona Coyotes, not just the worst team in the conference, but the worst team in all of hockey, 14 points, 6 wins, and 21 losses for the Coyotes. So they're obviously off to a horrible start. But when you're looking at some of the top teams in this conference, i got to say, probably the surprise to me, got to be the Minnesota Wild. I mean, 40 points. I expected them to be at the back end of the playoffs, but even talking to Mike Craddy, None of us had them as a top five or top ten NHL team in the league so far this season. So the Wild are definitely surprising me so far. Quickly running, running up and down the center in the Pacific, if you look at some other surprises, I think the St. Louis Blues are kind of a surprise. 17 wins and nine losses. Tied for the second best record in the conference. This is a team that after they beat the Bruins, it kind of seems like they kind of just went into a different direction. 
But this is a team that they do have some of the same guys that were in that Stanley Cup Finals. Jordan Binnington's still the goaltender. They still have about seven or eight of the forwards that were on the first and second and third lines when they beat the Bruins. So I think the Blues are a big-time surprise. And then, Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, that, that was not good. And then I think a team that we always expect to be a little bit better, 36 points is still kind of a lot, but the Edmonton Oilers, 18-11. seems like every season I talk to Connor, talk to Jake, I don't know if he listens, but he's still he's still on the show. But I talked to Connor, and every season it seems like we're going to say this Edmonton Oilers team is just unbelievable. They got Connor McDavid, Leon Drysdale. I mean, they got a great first line. It just seems like every single season, either they exit in the first round of the playoffs or they just continue to dis- disappoint and they don't make it. So those are some of the surprises and disappointments out of the Western Conference. Again, the Coyotes' 14 points is just kind of a disgrace. But then besides from Minnesota, Nashville, Vegas, and Anaheim, it seems like everyone's kind of in the middle weather between 26 and 36 points. So right now, I don't think there's really a favorite coming out of the West. It seems like every season, you never know who it's going to be. Get to the playoffs, it can always be that, that big upset. Yeah. Because with the NHL, there's always so much more parity. Get a hot goalie, right? Any other league, yeah. Like Jordan Bennington, he wasn't yeah. really a big name. That's, that's always been, it's been that way well before you were born. Get a hot goalie, you can carry it to the cup. Didn't the Kings win it twice as the number eight seed? Yeah, they did. And quick. Jonathan and, yeah, quick. Jonathan Quick, yeah. and then... Even last, the last season, the Dallas Stars, nobody had the Dallas Stars coming out of the Western yeah. Conference. But then, so that's that's kind of the surprises and disappointments out of the Western Conference. Moving to the East, before even looking, I gotta the say, Islanders. yeah, the Islanders are probably the biggest disappointment. Actually, second, they're last in the Metropolitan, only 22 points. Zidane Chara went here, he thought they had a chance to win a cup, but right now, it kind of looks like the opposite. They've been horrendous. Eight wins, 12 losses, 22 points last in the Metropolitan Division, but last in the Eastern Conference, this is going to be a huge surprise. I mean, the Montreal Canadiens are last in the East, 17 points. This is a team that just made the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, was... Seven wins, 21 losses. Like we're saying, this parity thing is going on, but you go to the Stanley Cup Finals and now you're the worst team in the Eastern Conference. I mean, looks like it was a one-hit wonder for this team. Hot goalie. Yeah, they, they had a hot goalie, and now it just seems like, I don't know what the story is there. And then Ottawa's not a surprise. Buffalo's not a surprise. But when you're looking at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, I think the Bruins have to be a surprise. Is Detroit doing okay for them? Yeah, Detroit's 15-13, so they're 13-33 points. They're kind of in the middle of the pack. Yeah. But the Bruins got to be a surprise. I mean, going into the season, it seems like the expectations always seem to be a little too high for them. But then they only have 14 wins and 10 losses. And I think losing two Karras is definitely a big reason why. Yeah, they're getting old. Too. Yeah, they're getting old pretty fast. It seems like, I mean, no, obviously... No the, toughness. Yeah, no toughness. The COVID thing obviously doesn't help either. It seems like they lose a guy to COVID left and right every single night. But then the toughness isn't there, and a big reason why. I mean, Zidane Char is not there anymore. Veterans like David Krejci aren't there anymore. You lose Kevin Miller, who is your biggest fighter. And then it just seems like the top guys on defense, like McAvoy, Grizzling, and Carlo, aren't, aren't those tough guys like we used to have in the Dennis Seidenberg days and some of the days when we had the guys like Char and some of the other guys on defense. And now... You're looking at the forward group, and obviously you got Bergeron, you got Marshan, you got Pasternak, but now some of those guys they signed in the offseason, like Felino, Halla, those guys are kind of performing like they're not even with the team. Speaking of not with the team, is Wagner in Providence? Yeah, Wagner's in Providence. I mean, so again, he's a guy they kind of counted on. nothing else, they should call him up. He's a tough kid. He was supposed to be one of your, your tougher forwards, but yeah. that's not going, going down too well in Providence. So the Bruins have definitely been a disappointment, and then... The Island is a big disappointment. Some of the surprises, again, Carolina and Washington both have 43 points, but they were both expected to be good. I think the Rangers, to me, are kind of a surprise. Yeah. This is a team that has 42 points, 19 wins, and 7 losses. They're a young team. 
But man, they got a lot of talent, whether whether it's Chris Kreider leading one of the veteran guys from Boston College. But there's a lot of talent. Some of their drafting over the last two or three years has been very impressive. So the New York Rangers are a team playing very good hockey, obviously in, in the position to make the playoffs right now. But biggest surprises for me, got to be the Coyotes have to be a little bit of a surprise playing that bad. And then... They could lose that franchise, and I don't think they have a, I might. I don't think they have any fans. And my, my friend Jack, who was out in Arizona, is not a hockey fan, but he says they're leasing that building. They're going to get kicked out. It's, it's horrible. Yeah, they won't have a place to play next year. I mean, if they keep playing the way they are, they're not going to have any fans they'll anyway, so up, it's not going to matter. They'll kick them out before the season ends. It's horrible. And then, finally, just to mention the team that obviously entered the season as the newest team in the league, the Seattle Kraken. Ten wins, seventeen losses, three OTLs, twenty three points. Not quite like Vegas wasn't. Yeah, not like Vegas. So looks like they're going to take a little while to rebuild there. So that's what's going on in the NHL. Real quickly before we move on to some stuff in the NBA with the Celtics, just like we said with the Patriots, what do you think is going to hold the Bruins back from making it far? Again, you never know with this team because because they could go far. It's the NHL, but if there's one thing that's going to hold them back, what do you think it could be? Funny you should ask because you just mentioned Tuukka Rask goaltending. Yeah. Very, very, very average, just like their record. Very average goaltending. That's one of a few things we hit upon, but I say goaltending first and foremost. Average. Yeah, it's average goaltending. It has gotten better over the last couple of weeks. But first off, they signed a guy, Linus Umark, was on one of the worst teams in hockey in Buffalo, and they expect him to jump in and be this this amazing goaltender. And he's been an average goaltender. Obviously, I think Jeremy Swayman's better out of the two. But again, Swayman's only, what, 23, 24 years old? So you lose Rask, and you have these two guys that don't have... Ulbark has a lot of experience, but he's yeah. not one of the top goaltenders in the league. And no. then Swayman doesn't have a lot of experience. He doesn't know what it's like to win. He's with Buffalo. So you're, you're expecting two guys to come in and replace Tuka Rask? I don't think that's really possible. And then, so that's obviously one of the bigger things to me. And then I said the main thing that I think is going to hold the Bruins back is, as good as I said the first line is with Bergeron, Marshall, and Pasternak, I don't think they have the talent besides that in the second line and the third line. And Taylor Hall has been a massive disappointment. Oh. They expected Taylor Hall to come in and fix the second line, fix the third line, wherever he is. And he's, he's been pretty non-existent so far this season. Yeah, he's, I think I asked you recently, is he still on the team? Yeah, they need Taylor Hall to step up. This is a guy that was a top draft pick. They traded for him last season. They didn't spend too much on him. And then they re-signed him this season. And he's been very non-existent for this hockey team. Yeah. And whether they want to make a big run, you're going to need someone like him to step up. You're going to need someone like Craig Smith to step up. Shout out to Charlie Coyle because he's had actually a good season. Yeah. But... But those other guys have not been good. And I think what's going to hold the Bruins back, like you said, it can be the goaltending. But I'm more concerned about the second and third lines behind. You can always count on Bergeron and that whole line to do it themselves. No, that's how it's always been. And now they're getting older. Moving on to the opposite. If the Bruins are going to go far, whether it's the Eastern Conference Finals, the Stanley Cup, again, they have the talent on the team. But what do you think it's going to be if they do end up getting there? I was thinking, about, I was thinking about this for a while, and I have to say... It's, and this probably doesn't bode well, but they, they do have experience. Yeah, no doubt about that. The top line, but that you can't really depend on that. I think they're st- stuck in neutral right now, to be honest with you. But if, you, if I have to pick something, I'd say their only hope is that top line. Yeah, that's exactly what I went with, too. Yeah. I think it has to be the top line. You're looking at, you could argue that they got three of the top, probably 15 best players in hockey Absolutely. with those three guys, with Bergeron, Pasta, Marchand. And then besides that, I think there's issues everywhere else. So the first line, obviously, you could argue there could be three potential, probably three Hall of Famers on that first line. Oh, yes. And obviously Bergeron, Pasta's obviously still young, Martian's going to be. But those three guys are unbelievable. And at one point, I think there's a chance that 
you're going to have to maybe split up that first line, maybe move Bergeron or Marchand to the second line. you got to even out the first and second lines a little bit more because obviously your three best players are there. And then I'm also nervous with the defense, like you said. you got Charlie McAvoy, who's one of the better defensemen in the league. But besides from that, I think Grizzlick and Carlo need to show that there's something better than they are. Yeah, they have very disappointing so far. What's up, Matt? Matt Doran tuning into the show. Hey, Matt, Thank you, Matt. Nice, nice seeing you the other night. So that's what's going on in hockey right now. We'll be talking more hockey, obviously. Hopefully the season actually gets going the 26th, the 27th, like it's supposed to. But right now, it seems like the COVID trouble is worse in hockey than any of the other sports for some reason. And you know, we n- you never hit upon the, the um, NHL players are not going to go to the Olympics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the NHL players, I mean, and it's good not their move. decision either. But no, good move. If they do, it's going to make the, co- the whole COVID thing a lot worse. Yeah, and then this way they have the three-week, they're going to have a three-week break, so maybe they can use those three weeks to try to make up some of these games they've lost. Yeah, and I do feel for some of the veterans that are, you want, you want to go to the Olympics, oh, and yeah. some of these guys, it could be their last time. They're saying a lot of the Russian-born and Canadian-born players especially, very passionate. Yeah, a lot of them are pissed, and maybe maybe they'll stick around for a little bit longer because of that, but who knows, we'll, we'll touch that when we get there. Moving on to another disappointing team, the Boston Celtics, a team that's been hovering around 500 for basically the whole season. I think the most they've been above 500 might be two or three games the most. <laughs> what, two years, a year and a half? They, they finished at 500 last season. They're at 500 again this season. They just can't seem to, whether find their identity, find a score off the bench. It seems like there's big issues up and down the roster. But before we talk about what's going to hold the Celtics back and what they have going for them right now, Joe Johnson is back with the Boston Celtics, which is kind of crazy to think about. Because this is a guy, I saw it today, it's the longest tenured gap between a guy that was drafted between his team and coming back. This guy is 40 years old, and he's back with the team that drafted him. Obviously, he wasn't with Boston for a while. He comes into the game last night. You knew that shot was going in when he took it. He takes a shot, a minute left in the game, less than a minute left, and Joe Johnson buries it. Place erupted. Yeah, they call him ISO Joe for a reason. They, they were excited when he was coming into the game, and... Yeah, the place was going nuts, and maybe they keep him. If I'm the Celtics, I'd rather have him than Juan Hernan Gomez on the end of the Celtics bench. I think how many years was it? Was it 19 years? What 20? I think it was 22. What no, the gap between when he? I think it was 19, and the next guy was some guy. Um, I know who he was, Edwards or something. 14 years. Yeah, I saw the top five. I'll look on my phone later, but there was five guys that had at least 15 year gap, and yeah, that and that reminded me of the whole thing when uh, Patino was the coach. And they had Billups and Johnson, and within the first few months of the season, he traded them. What a terrible, terrible. It, yeah, it's crazy to think about. I mean, I don't remember Joe Johnson playing for the Celtics, obviously, way before my time. But Yeah, because it was yeah, 19 years ago. Yeah, it's, it's crazy that he comes back, and he looks like he never left. Obviously, he doesn't have what he used to have. He's a seven-time All-Star. No. He's a great, they call him Iso Joe for a reason. But now you think about it, and he's only signed for 10 days. But if I'm the Celtics, keep him on the team, whether it's for his veteran leadership, yeah. whether it's for... They might need a guy that can come off the bench and score. Obviously, we don't. We saw one minute of him last night, but let's see what he can bring to the table. I don't think he had played in over two and a half years. I yeah, he has. I mean, he was playing in another league or whatever it was, but unbelievable to see that from him right that was, now. Yeah, that was fun. So Joe Johnson back with the team. Maybe that's a positive. Maybe it will get some juice flowing in the arena. Maybe we'll get some juice flowing with the team. But the Celtics are, have been very bad so far. A lot of things have been holding them back this season, but... What do you think the number one thing is that's going to hold them back? Again, they played 32 games, I think it is. They're 16 and 16. What's going to hold them back the rest of the, the way? Do we have enough time? N- yeah. Okay. They need a point guard. Yeah, they don't have a true point guard. They need a true point guard, and they need a true center, and they have no chemistry whatsoever. Aside from that, everything's good. 
Yeah, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, when Brown and Tatum are on the court together, things don't look like they're flowing as much. I thought it used to be like a myth. Maybe people are just saying this, but maybe Brown and Tatum don't play as well off each other than they should. And maybe only, that's only one basketball. So. And maybe that's something that they have to reassess, whether it's at the trade deadline, whether it's the offseason. But I believe somebody needs to go. I, I hope it's not Brown. I hope it's not Tatum. But maybe it's Marcus Smart. It might be Dennis Schroeder because they signed him to such a cheap extension, this cheap deal they got him in the offseason. Yeah. But, yeah, I believe I said it was the point guard play. And right now, looking at the point guard play on the team, Dennis Schroeder has had an awful stretch. These last couple of weeks, he's looked horrendous. Of 11 or something. Now, yeah, he's been bad. Peyton Pritchard's cutting into his playing time now. And Peyton Pritchard has looked phenomenal whenever they get him the chance to actually touch the ball, make some plays. But right now, the point guard play is a big problem because – I said this to Jake going into the season. Marcus Smart is not the guy that should be your starting point guard. He's a guy that's good on defense, but he's not a point guard in my opinion. More of a shooting guard that can't shoot. He's a guy that plays defense, and that's about it. He brings the the intensity to the team with his rebounding and all that. But Marcus Smart should not be a starting point guard for a contending team like the Boston Celtics. And maybe it's Peyton Pritchard. Maybe it's Schroeder. But they get they got to sign someone that... Maybe make a trade, but it might not even be worth it at this point. If you don't see this team going anywhere now, maybe just let the roster go with how it's going right now and see what happens. Because right now, Brad Stevens has a lot to figure out. Too bad Marcus Smart. Well, I'm assuming he doesn't really know how to skate because he'd be great on the Bruins. Yeah. Right tough. Yeah, he'd be. Yeah, and he can't shoot. So he'd be a good skater. He'd be a good skater. He could fight. Yeah, but I believe, I believe that's definitely what it is. It's the point guard play that's holding the back. I still believe the bench can be good but again we haven't really seen this team completely healthy at all and i think they need to still find a bench score maybe it's josh richardson we haven't seen too much of him it seems like he's always sick or has covid or something like that but i think josh richardson's a guy that can be that guy that comes off the bench and i think somebody got to step up whether it's neesmith whether it's romeo yeah, lanford somebody well. one of those two guys got to show that they're capable of playing off the bench because they both them in my opinions have been pretty big disappointments so far again it's early in their careers but you got to show something sooner rather than later and then moving to the other side of things. Say, didn't, didn't they draft Neesmith because he was such a good shooter? Yeah, he was, they said he was the best three-point shooter in the draft. I'm not, I haven't seen that. And he hasn't, he's been really inconsistent. And then moving on to the other side of things, what do the Celtics have going for them? <laughs> what they have going for them, I believe, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, probably two of the top 20 players in the league. And when you have Jason Tatum, a superstar, when you have Jalen Brown, players like that, when you have two of the top 20 players in the NBA – you got to have something going for them at least a little bit. But again, do they play well together? That's a big question that has to be answered. And when you have Tatum and Brown, anything's possible. But when you look at the roster besides those two guys, I'm very nervous about the surrounding talent. Yeah. So what do you think they have going for them? The same thing? What did I say? Brown and Tatum. Yeah, because... So we're thinking on the same page here. They do. Here. I mean, they do, but... Kim Pressy, have... how you doing? Hey, Kim. Nice to hear from you. They have Brown and Tatum, but then again, they're... Well, yeah, but besides that, like I said, the talent besides that, it's... There's hope that they brought in Tim, there's hope, but it's not working. Yeah, it's not working at all. And like I said, do they play well off each other? It's a huge question that really we haven't had answered at all because this team hasn't gone too far in the playoffs besides the NBA bubble, but... I'm afraid we, we might know the answer. We'll see this season. We don't want to see him playing one of those playing games again because that's just horrible. And then maybe maybe a positive could be someone we didn't mention, like an Al Horford, having that veteran experience on the team. But again, he doesn't really look like his old self, and he's not a guy that's going to come up and score 15 or 20 points every night either. Good game, bad game, average game, average game. They call him average Al. I think he's better than that. But no, he's better, but he's not, he's not consistent. He's got to be more consistent. So... That's what's going on in the NBA with the Celtics again. There's going to be a, I believe there's no games on Christmas Eve. There's going to be five games, five yeah. games on Christmas. With, so the Celtics play the Bucks on Christmas, the second game. It's going to be interesting to see what happens after 
that, again, they play a box team with no Giannis. Celtics going through yeah. COVID troubles as well. Eighth guy already in COVID protocols with Ennis Freedom. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this team. I was getting excited for the now that I watch them all for the five games, but who, who knows who's playing? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. The stars are up. Yeah. And then Matt Dorn just said the Celtics ought to trade someone for some draft picks. I completely agree with you. But whether that happens now or in the offseason is a question that's still got to be answered. All right, football game. We're in the two-minute warning right now. It's 10 to nothing, San Francisco. Third and 10 for the Titans. So don't say I was right yet because there's still time to go. But I said San Francisco would win the game. And then moving on, before we get to our NFL picks and all that stuff, I did a little bit of a surprise exercise that I didn't tell my dad about. Um, before we get to that, though, I want to know his... Quickly, we're going to have the, the New Year's games here before you know it. The two big bowl games. I want to, me and Jake already said our predictions a couple weeks ago on who we think is going to win those games. But I believe they're, I think, two, I'll look real quick. I think the first game is at 2.30 or 3.30. Fo- um, the first game is Cincinnati against Alabama. The first game kicks off at, I think I saw 2.30 today. I'm not sure. I know one's at night. Cincinnati, Alabama is going to be at 3.30 on ESPN on the 31st, and then Georgia-Michigan's at 7.30. Me and Jake already set our predictions. Me and Jake both agreed that Alabama is going to win the game. I think it's going to be a blowout. Jake thinks that Cincinnati is going to make it a close game. Alabama's favored by 13.5 in this game. You think Alabama is going to blow them out, or Cincinnati is going to give them a game? No, Alabama is going to blow them out. So he's on the same page with me. I mean, what you, what's the blowout? I believe I said they're going to win by at least 20-plus. Yeah, I got about 20.1. I mean, Desmond Ritter is a quarterback that I, I said to Jay could be the best quarterback out of these four quarterbacks playing in these games. But I just I think Alabama's defense is too tough. Cincinnati yeah. hasn't seen a defense like Alabama's this season. Well, they don't play They don't play in a very strong conference. Since yeah, and they don't, they don't play tough competition either when you play in a conference like they do. So I think Alabama will win this game by 20-plus. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm tired of Alabama. Yeah, I'd like to see Cincinnati win, but I don't think it's going to be much of a contest. It's not happen. And then going on to the second game, I think it's going to be much more much more of a competition here. You get number three, Georgia. You get number two, Michigan. Georgia is favored by 7.5 points. I never know that. Jake said Georgia's going to win. I said to him, I'm going with Michigan. I think Michigan's going to win the game. I think Georgia's still a little bit shaken up from what happened with that Alabama game. I do. I know that Georgia has the best defense in all college football, but I think Michigan matches them pretty well on the other side of the ball. Michigan has the better running back in this game. McNamara is a pretty good quarterback. I think Michigan has the better coach in Harbaugh, and I think Michigan, they're in the college football playoff for the first time, and I think they're going to get to their first championship under Harbaugh. I'm taking Michigan over Georgia in this game. I agree with, I have to agree with Jake. I think Georgia wins this game by double digits. Wow. I think Jake said double digits as well, so. I think so. I don't, you know, I am definitely would root for Georgia over Yeah, Michigan, yeah. But I think you're going to see Georgia-Alabama again. And Who's winning? Well, what did I tell you the first time they played? What did I say to you? Alabama? No, no you said Georgia. I said Georgia's going to mash them. Yeah, and they didn't. So I, so. You, 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 try, stick, you sticking with them this well, time? You, no, you ever hear the expression, you try to learn, learn from your mistakes. Yeah. So I think Alabama's going to win the national championship. Yeah, I think I think it's probably going to be Alabama too. Unfortunately, that's not enough. You just like us Patriots fans. I mean, people don't want to see the Patriots win because they always win. Seems like the same thing with Alabama. Yeah, but no, I think they're going to win because yeah, they got the and they got that, oh, that quarterback. That kid's amazing. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Red shirt, red shirt. Sophomore, right? Yeah. Sophomore. All right. Yeah. So that's what's happening. I believe. What? There's probably still 20 more bowl games before we can get to oh, those because so many bowl games it gets crazy Can't after wait for a that while. Fenway bowl, you know, yeah. That, when is that? Well, well, um, it's Monday. Yeah, it's coming up on Monday. 11, were, 11 a.m. 
That's crazy. Yeah, 11 a.m. SMU in Virginia. So wow. We're going to get about 1,000 fans if they're lucky. If they're lucky. Tennessee, by the way, just scored a touchdown. Actually, maybe not. There's a flag on the play, so we'll see. All right, before we get to the NFL picks of the week, the locks of the week, the bold predictions of the week, the fantasy football questions of the week, did a quick exercise. I was going to do it with Jake. Maybe I'll do it with Jake again next week. Instead of trivia this week, we're going to do match the 10 NBA players with the college that they went to. Uh-oh. So we're going to see if... I did some tougher ones because my dad assumes a little bit better with the college than Jake know. is. Putting pressure on me. But I did 10 kind of hard ones, some easy ones, I guess, but we'll see. I named 10 players. I named 10 colleges. We're going to see if he can go 10 for 10, naming the colleges. You didn't tell me this. I know. Surprise, surprise. And you cheated, so you know the answers. I mean, I, I probably knew him before. But, okay, um, if you say so. Maybe Jake will quiz me next week on this, but we'll see. I, I'll name the players. I'll name the colleges. Maybe you'll be able to read my writing. The 10 players I went with are George Hill, Derek Favors. Maybe you can even name them before the college. We'll see that. At. Maybe We'll try that. No, I don't know if I'll get half of them. So George Hill, Derek Favors, Atwan Moore, DeMar DeRozan. Okay, wait. Can we do one at a time? Yes, so we'll do this, and then I have the colleges here listed, so we'll see if you can match them. Oh, wait, so you, I can look at the colleges? Yeah, but we'll see if you can do it without the colleges first, oh, I guess. So, so we got George Hill. Not sure. Is it, is it, is it like IU, IUPUI? Yes. <laughs> what? Yeah. Why? Woo! Yeah. Wow. So you get George Hill with IUPUI. That was pretty good. That was a good guess. So we're going to see if you can do these other ones. Okay. Matthew Doran think, thinks you're going to get at least seven right. I hope so. I'm aiming for that, Matt. Thank you. Um, we got Derek Favors. We got Georgia Tech. We got Georgia Tech. So maybe he won't even need to know the colleges. So that's two. Next up, we got a Twan Moore. Let's go with Purdue. Got Purdue. So we got that one right. And then we get DeMar DeRozan. USC. USC. They beat, got, they beat BC in the tournament. He was nasty that game. Thank so you. right now, four for four. Maybe we didn't even need to do this matching thing. Next up, for the fifth one, we got Cameron Payne. Michigan State? No. Okay. So we got to say four for five because he named it and didn't get it right. Oh, so if I say I don't know it, then I... Okay. Uh, Malachi Flynn. Next one. Malachi Flynn? Yeah. This is a tough one, Malachi Flynn. Matthew has faith in him. Matt, I said I said he'd go oh, like well, six or well, seven no, for ten. When I hear it, I'll know it. Because according to you, if I say it and that's wrong, it's wrong. So I will get that when you give me the team. I know I'll get that. All right, Wesley Matthews. Ooh, he started off good, and now three in a row. We're having some trouble. Well, I think I know it, but I want to wait to, to hear After it. Wesley Matthews, we got Kyle Kuzma. It's crazy. The first four were easy. We got Kyle Kuzma. We got Zach Levine. Oh, don't worry. I'm just going to use my, my safety nets, and I'll get them all. I promise you. And then we got Monte Morris. All right, no, it's okay. So I'm four for four. Well, four for five? Yeah. All right, so I'm going to get the other five with some hints. All right, so we don't need to say Purdue because we already said that. We got Purdue, IUPUI, Georgia Tech, and USC. So the six colleges now with the six names that he didn't say, we have San Diego State, and then we got Cameron Payne, Malachi Flynn. Oh, oh, oh Flynn was San Diego State. Malachi Flynn was San Diego State, yeah. so we got that one now. Yeah. And then we got Iowa State, Marquette, Murray State. Oh, I, I was going to say Wesley Matthews Marquette. Wesley Matthews went to Marquette. Yeah, I was just afraid if I said it and I was wrong. Good. Okay, this is good. So now we have Iowa State, Murray State, Utah, and UCLA. And the four guys we have left are... Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, okay, I know. I know. I was, this is the one I was going to show my hand, but I was nervous because you, you I want to use my safety net. So, uh, Kuzma went to Utah. 
Kuzma went to Utah. Yeah. Okay, this is good. This is easy. So now he's down to what? Matt, I'm already at seven, Matt. I think at least. Yeah, now you got two left. No, you got three left. You got Cameron Payne, Zach Levine, and Monte Morris. And we have Murray State, UCLA, and Iowa State. Wow. Uh oh. Wait, what are the three? Could be in some trouble. No, no. Zach Levine, and what are the three schools? Zach Levine, Monte Morris, and Cameron Payne. We got UCLA, Murray State, and Iowa State. Oh, you know, it's funny. I shouldn't have known that. It's Levine's got to be UCLA. Yeah, Levine went to UCLA. Yeah, okay. I think he was there for only a year or two. Yeah, okay, so you can give me a break here. And now we got Monte Morris. Ohio State. Iowa State. Sorry. Great point guard at Iowa State. And then? And then Cameron Payne with the only one left. John Morant was probably the best player to come out of here, but Cameron Payne went to Murray State. All right, so you know what? We'll say 9 for 10. Yeah, might have been 8 for 10. Yeah, you know what? I'll be a tough grader. We'll go 7.5 to 8. So not bad. Matt said yeah. seven for ten, so we did better than what he thought. Yeah, I got a little help, but I know I'll take it. I'll just I'll give myself eight. I'll do the same thing to Jake next week. We might have to go a little easier with some of these. Don't do the same ones. I know. We'll, we'll see. I don't know if he's listening. And how right would now. you have done, honestly? I, I knew those, but you know, well, you know, all ten. I said I'll tell Jake next week to do ten, ten hard ones, okay. and we'll see if I can get them right. Sure, but those are the ten week sixty nine match the NBA player with their school. By the way, we thought that Tennessee had a touchdown. It got called back. First and 20, Tennessee three straight plays that didn't result in a first down, so they punted San Francisco as the ball up 10-0. All right, on to the picks of the week. We already said what's happening this game. My dad had... Can I change my mind? Yeah. My dad had Tennessee. Jake had Tennessee. I had San Francisco. A little bit of an update, by the way. Going into week 16, I think it's going to be close to impossible for Jake to come back. After 15 weeks, I'm 150 and 74, and Jake is 138 and 86. So I have a 12-game lead on Jake with three weeks left. Going to be very hard. You got to average at least four a week. We'll see if there's even that many that we disagree with now, though. So it's going to be hard for Jake to come back. Week 16, three weeks left, obviously, because we have 18 regular season weeks now. But I have all the games that Jake told me. Here we go. So Thursday night, 8.20, San Fran, Tennessee. I already gave you our predictions for that one. Next up on the schedule, we get two games on Saturday. Actually, two pretty good games on Saturday. The first being the Cleveland Browns at the Green Bay Packers. Who do you have winning that one? Green Bay. So you have Green Bay. Jake has Green Bay. I have Green Bay. Everybody has Green Bay. Not too much of a surprise. I think this is a chance that Green Bay blows them out. I believe Victor... I mean, Victor. Baker Mayfield is not... Courtney says, hi, Victor. That's why I said Victor. She distracted me. How you doing, Courtney? Thanks for watching. Thank you for watching. Appreciate it. Nice comment. But, yeah, I get Green Bay. He has Green Bay. Jake has Green Bay. Green Bay is favored by, I believe, 7.5. Yeah, they're favored by 7.5. We'll see what happens in that game. That kicks off Saturday at 4.30. Then, in my opinion, one of the better games of the week, Saturday at 8.15. We get the Indianapolis Colts coming off a huge win against the Patriots. Traveling to Arizona to take on a team that just lost to the Detroit Lions. I cannot wait for this game Saturday night at 8.15. Jake took the Colts. I took the Arizona Cardinals. Who do you have? Arizona. They can't possibly lose again. So we're, we're going to make a victor column right here on the right corner. Oh, thank you. What, what, what do I get when I get everyone right with the exception of tonight's game? Yeah, right. So, I mean, it's still far from over. but So me and my dad both agree with Arizona. Jake has the Indianapolis Colts. I think that's going to be a phenomenal game. I really do. A team coming off a huge win. team coming off a huge loss. Two teams that are going to be in the playoffs. Well, the Colts most likely going to be in the playoffs. 
Carson Wentz and Taylor having a pretty good season so far. Obviously, Taylor having an MVP season. Yes, could be the MVP. Sunday at 1 o'clock, we have three, four, five, eight games at 1. Starting off with the biggest game for us, the Buffalo Bills, New England Patriots. Patriots trying to bounce back from their loss. I want to go to that game. Yeah, we're we're gonna be at that game, so it's gonna get tickets. But we're going. We're going, so we're we'll going. we'll see. But Patriots aren't gonna be able to run the ball every single play like they did last time. Mac Jones is gonna have to be halfway decent for them to win this game. There's COVID troubles going on on both sides. Buffalo's not gonna have Cole Beasley. The Patriots might not have Nelson Aguilar or Kendrick Bourne, oh, but we're gonna see because the Patriots have some guys in protocols right now. Either way, Jake's taking the Patriots. I'm taking the Patriots. Are you taking the Patriots? I wouldn't go if I didn't think they were going to win. We're all taking the Patriots. My bold, one of my two bold predictions of the week is I have the Patriots winning this game by a final score of 27 to 24. Oh, wait. wait oh, how many, I just made one bold prediction. But it's actually more of a funny prediction than a bold prediction. Yeah. Jake didn't give me any bold predictions, so you know what? we'll see you next time, Jake. Oh, well, I'm going to give a prediction on the... On the score, I mean, you can wait till later on, whatever, but... I like 30-23. to 30-23. Remember last week, we both said 24-20. That's funny. So you got 30-23. I have 27-24. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Obviously, that's going to be... Weather should not be a factor. It's going to be 35 and dry. Yeah, it's at 39 degrees, so... All right, know. 40 yeah. So that is the, the Patriots game. Obviously going to be a big game. I think it comes down to whether the Patriots are actually going to be able to throw the ball because they're not going to be able to run like they did. Ramondre Stevenson might not play... Damian Harris is going to be a full go for this game. I think he could have a monster game. Definitely playing. Damian Harris is playing. He was out there practicing. Great. Patriots posted him on their Instagram page today, and when they do that, the guy's going to be playing. Great. So I get the Patriots. We all get the Patriots. Next up, Detroit coming off one of their biggest – their biggest. they only have two wins, so their biggest one of the year. They're traveling to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Me and Jake both have Atlanta winning this game at home. You got Atlanta, too? I have Atlanta winning. I know you always take Atlanta. So, so yeah, I've probably taken Atlanta almost every time this season. Can't imagine that's a tough ticket to get. Yeah, definitely not. And, by the way, that is Jake's lock of the week, the Atlanta Falcons. Jake is locking in Atlanta to win this week. And, by the way, Jake's upset pick of the week was the Tennessee Titans. So, not looking too great for Jake so far with the upset being Tennessee. The game's going to halftime right now, 10 to nothing, San Francisco. God, I look, well, this, this Jets-Jags game, that's riveting. I wonder if that, that would be a tough ticket, huh? All right, yeah, so I guess we'll move on to that. It's like, what time can you, what time's the game still? What time can you get it? Yeah, AFC East Championship preview. By the way, I saw something crazy today. Only five of the 32 teams right now in football are technically not qualified to make the playoffs. Oh, we know, too. Jacksonville, the Jets, the Houston Texans, the Detroit Lions, and the Chicago Bears are the five teams that are all eliminated. All 27 of the other teams are still technically alive. But Jacksonville at the Jets, two horrible teams. Me and Jake both agree with the team that we think is going to win this game, but I'm not going to say until we hear who it's going to be from you. Oh, I have to go first? Yeah. I guess the Jets. So my dad will be the only one that has the Jets winning this game. Me and Jake... Someone has. Well, it could tie. Yeah. Me and Jake both go with Jacksonville on the road. I just think Jacksonville has the better roster. Rookie against rookie, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence to win this game, and apparently Jake is too. So me and Jake both get Jacksonville... Can I, is it, my dad can, got the Jets. Can I, tell, can I uh, comment on what my bold prediction is? What? I'm kind of doing this a little differently. My bold prediction is that Jets Jags game will be a horrible game. Yeah. And they're gonna it's gonna be they're gonna name it it's gonna have a uh, it's gonna be a bowl game. It's gonna be it's called, a horrible game. It's gonna be called the toilet bowl. Might be a good defensive game. Yeah, the toilet bowl game. It's a terrible game. That's my bold prediction. <laughs> All right, so we'll see if that comes true. Might be a good game. Might be a close game. It probably first, will be. First one to six wins. Two rookies going at it. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next up actually might be a pretty fun game to watch at 1 o'clock. 
Lamar Jackson did not practice today. He has not practiced the whole week. Right now, it looks like it's going to be Tyler Huntley again for the second straight week. By the way, who played pretty good last week against Green Bay. But Tyler Huntley going up against Joe Burrow, a key game. The winner of this game will be in first place in the AFC North. Cincinnati's home. Jake's taking the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game. With Lamar Jackson, I'd go with Baltimore. And you know what? Without Lamar Jackson, I'm still going with Baltimore. I'm taking the Ravens to win this game. I think they got the better roster. I got Cincinnati one. So both Cincinnati going against me again. Taking Baltimore. Again, I'm a little bit more nervous, obviously, with, without Lamar Jackson. But Man, how, how, Huntley's a guy that's playing pretty good. Do you know where he played college ball? I had to look it up. No, I forget. I didn't even know. Utah. Yeah, Utah. I had no idea. Yeah, so Huntley... It looks like he's going to be the quarterback, not 100% sure, but I think this is a team that can run the shit out of the ball on Cincinnati, and I think that's the reason why that they can win and why they will win this week. So you have me down at Cincinnati because I want to beat you. Yeah, I put, I'm writing this all down. All right. Next game is the Rams on the road going up against a team in the Minnesota Vikings that seems like you never know what they're going to do week in and week out. Just got announced today that Dalvin yeah. Cook is going on the COVID list. Either way, I get the Rams winning this game, playing like one of the better teams in football right now at Minnesota. The Vikings do tend to play better at home than they do on the road, but either way, I think the Rams win this game, and so does Jake. I have Minnesota. You do? Wow. And that's my upset of, of the week. So his upset of the week is the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know why. I just have a feeling. Yeah, so I'd be shocked, but again, you never know. It is the NFL. Yeah. So you got the Vikings. Me and Jake both have the LA Rams winning. We already said the Buffalo-New England game. We already said the Jacksonville game against the Jets. And then that makes it, what, three more games left at 1 o'clock. An NFC East divisional matchup. The Giants, it looks like it's going to be either Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm, the quarterback, this week. Because Daniel Jones is out for the season. Philadelphia Eagles are at home. And right now, the Eagles are currently the seventh playoff spot in the NFC. I think this game could be a murder. I get the Eagles winning this game at home by a lot. And Jake also has the Eagles as well. The Eagles as well. So three Eagles. The Eagles are playing for something right now. The Giants aren't playing for anything except really what draft pick they're going to have. And the Eagles are going to maybe make the playoffs the way they're playing right now. Their defense has played pretty good these last couple weeks. Got to give Jalen Hurts some credit. He had a good game last week. So three Eagles. Up next, Tampa Bay is playing at the Carolina Panthers, a matchup of two former Patriot quarterbacks. It's Tom Brady going against Cam Newton. Carolina has a ton of guys out with COVID. Tampa Bay has a ton of guys out in general. Honestly, I think this game could be closer than people think. Carolina does tend to play pretty good at home, but I just can't go against Tom Brady, especially coming off a, a loss. Even though Mike Evans won't be playing, Chris Godwin won't be playing, Fournette won't be playing, Tampa Bay is not going to have all their weapons, but I still think Tampa Bay is going to win this one on the road. Tampa Bay is going to win. Brady is not going to lose back-to-back games, especially after being shut out. Yeah, I do think this is going to be a close game. Wouldn't be surprised if it's a single-digit game. But I don't know if Cam Newton is going to have what it takes to take down Tampa Bay, honestly. And Jake also has Tampa Bay. So three of us have Tampa Bay in that one. Now, with, with all due respect to Cam Newton, and he used to be really good. We know that. Remember the game we went to? Yeah, he had a good game. Yeah. When you said two former Patriot quarterbacks, I didn't think about that for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Chargers are playing at the Houston Texans. Houston's having a huge COVID problem as well. Even if they didn't have a COVID problem, they're not going to be the Chargers. The Chargers have a great offense. They have a pretty good defense, and Houston's playing for nothing right now. Chargers are going to beat them pretty good in this one. Yes, the Chargers. Not much to talk about there. Jake also has the Chargers. All three of us going with the Chargers. This would be a horrible loss if somehow Houston did win this game. Looks like it's going to be Davis Mills again for Houston. I think they want to see what he has. Not much. No. 
That's a Stanford education. Right, yeah. We got three games at four. Well, one at 4.05, two at 4.25. The game that's kicking off at 4.05 is the Chicago Bears against the Seattle Seahawks. Justin Fields doesn't look like he's going to be playing. I think it's going to be Andy Dalton in this one for Chicago. I'm taking Seattle. Jake's taking Chicago. Seattle. My dad has Seattle. Not the greatest game, but someone's going to win. Yeah, two teams not really playing for much. I just think Russell Wilson at home, they're due for a game. They're due for an explosion of a game. Seattle's had a very poor season. And I think having Tyler Lockett back is going to really help the Seahawks offense. Get a lot of their frustration out right? And my bold prediction of the week, Chicago versus Seattle will be the lowest scoring game of the week. Really? Don't ask me how or why. I just think it, and I don't know why. We'll it's see. a bold prediction. We'll see. Two games at 425. Two pretty good games, actually, at 425. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City is going through some bad COVID trouble. Tyree Kill probably won't be playing this game. Travis Kelsey has a better shot to play than Tyree Kill because he's vaccinated. But either way, Kansas City is going to be without one of their top weapons, maybe two of their best weapons. Either way, I think Patrick Mahomes has what it takes to win at home against Pittsburgh. But this game could be closer than people think. Jake's taking the Pittsburgh Steelers, by the way. Kansas City. So but it could be a close game. Both of us are on the same page. We got Kansas City. Jake, with another upset pick, is taking the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. I'm surprised he went with Pittsburgh because they're not going to win. 425 game, a very big game actually. The Denver Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders. This is a game with both teams are still in the playoff picture in the AFC, both hovering around 500. Just seems like both these teams aren't really that good, and I don't see either one of them going that far if they do make the playoffs. Me and Jake disagree with who's going to win this game, but first off, who do you have? Do you have a coin I can flip? Well, yeah, this is a game that you can um, flip. I'm going to go with uh, Vegas. So my dad's taking Vegas. Yeah. Jake is also taking Vegas. I'm going with Denver in this one. I think Denver is the more talented team overall. I know that it's tougher on the road, but still, I'm going with the Broncos to win this game, even with Drew Locke as the quarterback. Drew Locke will be the quarterback for the Broncos this week. Because Bridgewater's out. Beat the Patriots last year. That was awful. Locke did? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. I was at the Charlie West Washington. Barrett, same thing. Uh, Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, so I don't know. I I don't know if Locke has what it takes, but I think the defense for Denver is going to contain Derek Carr in that offense. All right, two more games going on now. Sunday night football. It's the Washington football team at the Dallas Cowboys. Washington did announce that Heineke is COVID-free, so it looks like he's going to be playing, but the Washington football team's secondary is completely banged up. Looks like they're going to be without William Jackson, one of their top cornerbacks. They're going to be without their top safety in Landon Collins. And this Dallas Cowboys offense just has too much talent to lose against Washington. I think Dallas is going to win this game. I think it might be close, though. Jake also has Dallas. I have Dallas. So all three of us Jake agree Jake usually goes Dallas. with Washington, too, right? Yeah, Jake's a big fan of the Washington yeah. football team. Don't ask me I why. I don't even think it's going to be that close, but we'll see. Yeah, we will see. I don't know. I think it could be a close game. Dallas favored by 10.5 in that one. And then the final game of the week is actually going to be a kind of an interesting game on Monday Night Football because Miami and the Saints are playing. It's going to be Tua Tagovailoa at the moment, the quarterback for Miami. The Saints are home, but they got tons of COVID trouble in the quarterback room. They got Taysom Hill, who just tested for COVID. They got the Trevor Simeon, who just tested for COVID. It's going to be Ian Book making the first start of his NFL career on Monday Night Football in a game that is huge for both these teams. Both of them still in the hunt to make the playoffs. But Tua against Book, before they announced that it would be Book as the quarterback, I had Miami winning this game, and I'm sticking with it. Me and Jake are both taking the Miami Dolphins winning this game on the road against the Saints. That makes all three of us. So all three of us are agreeing that Miami wins. It's going to be interesting to see. 
a rookie quarterback, Monday night football in a must-have game. I don't know if Ian Book has it. I mean, he was a heck of a college quarterback at Notre Dame. But he was good. It's a whole different ball game now. So those are our NFL picks of the week. Again, I believe my dad disagrees on about four or five different ones than me, a lot more than Jake. But we'll keep you updated. We'll let you know next week what happens with who got them right, who got them wrong, and those are the predictions. I, I don't think I gave my lock of the week. Yeah, you didn't. What is it? Green Bay. Green Bay. So Green Bay is the lock of the week. The final thing we always do at the end of the show, Matt Doran coming in as usual with a fantasy football question of the week. Good luck to everybody, by the way, in the semifinals of the fantasy football games. Unfortunately, my season ended a long time ago. But Matt Doran asked me a question. It's a replacement question. He says, I may have both Tyree Kill and Austin Eckler out this week because of COVID. Who are his best replacements? So for running backs, he said Cordero Patterson, Justin Jackson, and Darrell Williams. For wide receivers, he said Hunter Renfro, Tyler Board, and Cortland Sutton. And to me, it's not even a question. You put in Hunter Renfro, wide receiver. Guys had a phenomenal season. He's coming off a pretty poor outing in his last game. So I take Hunter, Hendro, Hunter Renfro over Tyler Board and Cortland Sutton any day of the week. If Tyree Kill is out, Matt, I believe you should put in Hunter Renfro as your wide receiver. And then for running backs, you got Cordero Patterson, you got Justin Jackson, you got Darrell Williams. The Chargers, it looks like they're going to be without Austin Eckler because of COVID trouble. Darrell Williams, obviously, is a backup to, to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And Cordero Patterson, you never know who the, how that backfield is going to shake out with him and Mike Davis. Honestly, I, against a bad Houston Texans team, I'd take Justin Jackson as the running back because, like I said, it doesn't look like Austin Eckler is going to be playing. If he does play, start Cordero Patterson. But, Matt, I'm telling you, if, if Austin Eckler is out, start Justin Jackson as your running back this week. And those are my answers to your fantasy football question about your replacement. So Matt always comes in with those good fantasy football questions. We can always comment. Good job, Matt. Nice seeing you the other night. Yeah, nice seeing you, Matt, the other night. Good luck to you in your fantasy football matchup. I don't know who you're playing, but whoever it is, good luck. Again, semifinals for all of you in the fantasy football playoffs. And just like that, that is going to do it for week 69. All the balls. Unfortunately, Jake couldn't. Couldn't join us tonight, but Dad, you did. You did pretty well. Yeah. What would you give me for a letter grade? I remember you live with me, so. Probably, I give you a nine. I was expecting you to oh, get a, a letter grade. I guess. Oh, that's what, an A minus. A minus. Wow. An A. Wow. I was expecting you to get ten out of ten on those on those yeah, colleges. Well, but. Let me. You know me. I'm. I always have something to say. So thanks for everybody for tuning in. To everybody on this, you know, holiday holiday week. And um, Justin, thanks for having me again. Um, out of pure desperation, but thank you. I appreciate it. Maybe I can do it again in another six months or so. Right, yeah. I mean, sometimes I sometimes it. Jay can't make it, but even you can come back on in the future. Yeah, without. I can. I pretend. I can fake it. And um, thanks, for everybody, for tuning in. And happy, healthy, Merry Christmas, happy, healthy New Year, and happy holiday season to everyone. Be well. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, ha- well. Happy Hanukkah, even though Hanukkah's yeah, already yeah, passed. Happy belated Hanukkah. Stay well. Be safe. And thanks for having me on, son. I really enjoyed it as always. Yeah, no problem. Fun show. Week 69. That's going to wrap it up again. Go Patriots, big-time game on Sunday. Everybody tune into that one. That's going to be a big game, big divisional game. Patriots will basically wrap up the division if they win. If not, it's going to be a lot of problems that we're going to be talking about next week. But that's going to do it for Week 69. We're going to be back here. Well, we don't know who yet, but hopefully Jake, maybe a special guest. Maybe maybe he'll be the special guest. I'll be back. I'm special. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll be back next week for Week 70 again. Thanks for everyone for commenting, for viewing. Go Patriots. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. We'll see you next week for week 70. Have a good night, everyone.